Okay, hi everyone. Um, I've got the pleasure of talking to Tim Ross, who's based in uh, the US. Uh, he's come up with this really quite amusing animated feature called The Last Page of Summer. And um, you won't see this, but I'm talking to a, a brilliant, a brilliantly um, rendered avatar of him, which sadly you won't see, as I say, because you'll be listening to audio tracks. So very clever, very well done, Tim. Thank you for joining me. Over to you. What is what is the synopsis of the film, please? Ah, oh, well, it's basically. Let's see. I don't have it in front of me, so it's gonna have to go from the top of my head. Uh, basically, it takes place in the groovy era, you know, late sixties, yeah. early seventies, and yeah. it's a comedy. It's about uh, a local rock band who have the most important gig of their career, and basically kind of the misadventures of Terry Summer, the lead singer, guitar player guy who kind of gets uh, distracted and ends up on the other side of town. Meanwhile, there's basically the ugly part of the 70s personified as uh, basically the music elitist, which are kind of taking over the world. And their presence kind of becomes a lot more menacing as the film progresses. And Basically, that's kind of, kind of what's going on with it. I mean, I thank you. I mean, I've seen it, and and obviously it, it's it's your film, so you clearly know a lot better than I do. But that's a very good, a very good synopsis. So I appreciate that. But yeah, it was. I found it comical, homage to the sixties, stroke seventies, um, but with this like deeper part, darker part to it. Um, now. The thing I'm, I'm interested in loads of things about this, but I'm interested now in you're doing this avatar. So it talks, does all your uh, manipulations and talk while you're actually doing this in reality. There's obviously some kind of brilliant system you've got here. I wish we could talk <laughs> at the moment, but uh, I, I know you're a professional graphic designer. I love this here with a passion for animating. I'm reading this obviously off your bio. This is a kind of a samey question, but I always like to ask this because there's always a deeper meaning or deeper reason to people making films. Because uh, as far as I, I'm concerned, films start somewhere, and that somewhere is, is always, you know, what's the what's the genesis behind this? Where, where on earth did this come from? Well, we'd made, uh, my friends and I, we kind of, we'd made several shorts, uh, and a lot of them are parodies. Like, we end up kind of in the Star Trek universe, or the Partridge family, Brady Bunch, or Sid and Marty Croft, and... After a while, I, I realized I was losing people because a lot of people don't follow those shows and uh, kind of went through some family uh, differences of people. My wife and son at the time played key characters in the films and they left. And so, you know, my friends and I were, why don't you just make a short and make it about a day in the life of Terry and just all these things happen to him. So that's the path I chose. And I also chose to make it all original with no homages at all in the entire thing. There was going to be no, remember this commercial from 1972, none of that. It was going to be every joke was going to be our own. And it was just going to be a short and it just took off and it just gained momentum. And, you know, it's going to be, you know, 12 minutes and it turned into 24. And then it was just like, it's going to be as long as it ends up being. And that's when it really developed the plot and, you know, the true antagonists and stuff. They just kind of, it, it was very organic and it just all kind of developed as it went. Now, thank you. And interestingly, I always think of these kind of t- 
time capsules when they were they captured that time in the 60s and 70s with the surfer beach dudes <laughs> um you know flower power and think of it as west coast but of course you're actually east coast but you're actually based in florida i believe aren't you yes yeah very far northeast florida i'm just about eight miles from the georgia line on the atlantic coast crikey so you really are far removed although the vibe's still the same um give us an and and i say people can't can't see what i can see which is kind of a mirror image of what i see to a certain extent when i've watched this film can you can you talk to me about the how you do this visualization process how for instance i'm looking at you now and it's capturing your movements and and speech and it's all in in click with what you're doing how does that i mean what on earth I don't know about this kind of software. Obviously, it's come on such leaps and bounds. But can you can you explain to us what it is you're using? Uh, this is uh, FaceRig software. It's a face recognition software. But I also use Live 2D, which allows me to make all the. Uh, I could take Terry, you know, from the film, yeah, and put it all in layers. And with Live 2V 2D, I'm able to prep it and. Uh, you know, for the face rig, so it'll recognize. So it's basically those two programs. And how much time does it save? I wonder. Um, I do this for fun. The talking avatars. It really has nothing to do with the film or anything. Oh, I see. See, this is something you implement when you're. Because I was kind of thinking, oh, perhaps what you do is animate to a live person, and that becomes the the foreground into a film. You see. No, this it, all of the animation is. Uh, done you know it's all the lip sync is done uh manually oh all so that that stuff. The, yeah the tried and t- tested way which tells me it took months and months and months to put this film together if not years but i suspect yeah it took three years yeah, uh okay. i mean i actually tried to use the software i thought well that'll cut corners but it just didn't work uh but it did uh after using the software i realized how uh, to make terry's hair in several layers so, you know, it can do that, you know, when he turns his head. So I, I implemented that in the film. Uh, so it's just, it's always kind of a, a process of trying to improve everything, you know, as it goes. Even, and, you know, even toward the end of the film or end of the project, I can see a difference in quality. Oh, it's just okay. always a learning experience. Well, that's interesting. And, and, and is, because I, I'm obviously, I've looked at your bio, I'm still looking at your bio, and I know you do some... Um, radio work and you also do animation for, for, for music videos and the like for other bands. But is that kind of your, say your day job? Is animation per se what is your normal everyday job apart from your passion for obviously animation that you're doing for your films? Actually, my day job is making virtual data centers. Wow. You know, uh, I make uh, basically cartoon versions of switches and servers and, cabinets and that kind of thing for for you know they this company makes virtual data centers they, they can manage their whole data center and it looks kind of like the doom video game they can go up and down the aisles and find temperature breaches and i guess it's all kind of boring compared to like hula vista and stuff but it's i just enjoy i enjoy drawing so no no it sounds fascinating it sounds to me like you're living your you're living the dream in, in a in a virtual <laughs> in terms of creating these incredible 3d visualizations for people or companies to use it does sound really interesting but i can now see the crossover um because it you know it sounds to me like most of the stuff you do is animation based um, thanks it kind of makes me a boring person though because i'll go from 
my work computer to the animating computer <laughs> for the rest of the night. Uh, I try to get away from that. You know, now that I got the film done, it kind of allows me to wrap my head around other things, which is nice. It, it's it's very know, tedious, very tedious. Of course it is. Yeah, I know. I mean, I sp- funny enough, I spoke to a couple of animators in the last couple of days. One was hand-drawn, um, like almost like a flick book, but it wasn't. And it was a really quite a moving film to do with conflict. Um, and the other one was a, a Spanish filmmaker who's uh, come with this really cool sort of uh, 2D way of animating as well. There's a whole bunch of them doing it. Isn't that neat? Everybody, every animator, I think, has a different style. It, well, it you want to stand out, don't you? This is the thing. You want to get your head above the parapets. You've got to, I guess, I mean, obviously, we'd all like to be working for Pixar. I guess we'd all like to be on it. I don't know. Um, but, you know, the reality is, I suppose, you know, put words into your mouth, but um, doing something different makes you different. And that might be the, the you know, the, the, the leg up you need to, to get you noticed. You know, because often well, these Thanks. Are... I've had people say that my... Uh, styles unique. I, I integrate 2D and 3D yeah, together. Yeah. So it kind of, uh, or people say it gives it a trippy quality, which I guess kind of works with the time frame it takes place. So how on earth did you fall into this? That might be the wrong phrase, but how did this all happen from the off? I mean, were you always interested in drawing and animation or did it something you gravitate towards? What, what's the background? I've always been interested in drawing and, uh, and music. Apology Not in the Band was originally music. And uh, I basically made the band as sort of something to accompany the CDs, just have this fictitious band on the back cover and so forth. And then I was like, well, why don't I make a little comic strip and put it on DeviantArt or something of the band? And and, um, I was making other comics and I realized this is just taking so much of my time. Maybe I could try to animate and do it that way and basically i fell in love with it and i don't really remember that exact epiphany when i decided to do it but i I started off with the little music video for us called sunshine which i was so proud of i shared it with my entire small company i was in and now i wouldn't show anybody that i'm embarrassed about it you know because we were so crude crudely drawn and everything but you you gotta start somewhere right but well, that's yeah, kind of how it started. It just started with little things. And, and I just, you know, watching that stuff come to life. And, you know, when you're a kid, it's like magic watching these cartoons. So to actually be able to do it and be in it and just kind of shape the world and what happens, it's, it's fun. You know, it's interesting when you said, you know, we've got stuff summer. I think the Spielberg was Firefly, I think was his first one. I don't know, it was 12 or 13. I think you can find it on YouTube. I've never looked. But I'm sure it's a very simple, basic film. But I don't think you should be embarrassed. I think it's just the way it is, and you you animate to the age and tools that you have at the time. Don't you? I mean, it's well, yeah. Even if you look at the Simpsons or the Flintstones, there's always that pilot episode or that first season where they just look like uh, you know something a kindergarten would have drawn, and then they they shape up. You know, it took me about I guess about a year to actually get what the band looks like now. It didn't take long at all to to evolve to what it needed to be. And, and, uh, go on, sorry, Karen, I interrupted. That's it. I ran out of thought. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, and and despite your obvious love for animation, uh, what is the most tedious part about it? Drawing, uh, especially drawing people. I, I, it's actually a chore to me. I don't like to draw people. If I have to, you know, there's a scene where I where there's ten uh, 
uh, fangirls on a street corner jumping up and down. And I'm just like, oh, no, I could have draw 10 people. This is going to kill me yeah, because uh, it's just not my forte to draw faces. And when I do draw, you know, you got to draw. I mean, this Terry Summer, this is my front view has like over you know, 30 lip movements. And then you got to draw a side view and a three quarter view of the person generally. And it just it just takes a long time. Um, but, you know, once you get it done, it's fine. It's just, you know, I kind of grip my teeth whenever I have to draw another person. But it's just that, so that's probably the most tedious part. I love the animating part. Even animating the people is fun. Uh, 3D, making the 3D models is the best part for me. And what about in terms of opportunity for animators in the U.S.? I mean, is it – obviously, life is tough when it comes to work anyway, and most of the time it's not given. You have to find this stuff. But, you know, can you give us a flavour of how difficult it is for animators over there to, to try and make a living out of this? I'm such a introvert, kind of a recluse. I don't really know uh, any other people in, in that business. I have, like I said, I've had, uh, I get a lot of people wanting stuff, you know, like the music videos I did. I've never, never asked. People are always, can you make a music video for me? And I'm like, no, please, please. <laughs> you know, they don't let off. And then finally I'm like, fine. And they take years to do it. It's, I'm not, I don't like to do commissions. I, I just like to do the apology on stuff really. And, but I'm proud of the, the videos that I did uh, do for the people. Uh, and uh, there was one neat one where we store it, it was their music and their video, but apology none, my band got the star in it. It's like a King Arthur kind of thing with knights and just it, it ended up being fun and and the, the gentleman passed away a few weeks ago. So it kind of oh. makes it yeah, this makes it special. Uh so I don't regret doing it and I don't ever burn bridges, but I usually tell people, you know, I just I can't do commissions right. It, it's just so much. But you know, I was kind of hoping to meet other animators and people in the business when I put this film in the festival circuit, but you know, with the COVID thing, it just didn't work out. They, they've all gone online. And then I, I really don't ever hear from anybody when they're, when they go online, you know, they try to kind of communicate and it's, it's just tough. You know, it's, it's easier just to be able to shake people's hand or be able to meet people and watch their reactions when they see the film and see their films and what they've got going on with their fest. So it was kind of a missed opportunity, but well, what can you do, right? There's nothing. It's the whole COVID thing's been a uh, well. It's, it's one thing that oh. all together, you know. I mean, obviously, I don't know you, but I'm sure that, like me, you know, people that have either been affected by it or sadly have died from it. Because I know I damn well have, um, and you know, we all know of people, and it's frankly been horrific. Yeah, yes. there's no other way to. In fact, I think Florida was. A pretty, it was in a pretty bad way. I don't know what it's like there now, but uh, how how are things in Florida? Oh, great, great. We've we've never really fully closed, and now everything's pretty much open. Now. I mean, I do community theater too, and uh, they just they built a stage outside, and people they sit on the grass now and watch. It. So you know, it's just a matter of adapting. Yeah, you've got the weather there. I've been to Florida a few times. Love it. So you're very very lucky. Although I was down in Sarasota. And I was like last there, but yeah, no, it's a, a really nice state. So it does get cold here in the north part. I was oh, watching. Oh, I know. A, I know. Yeah, I was watching want... a play, and it, it got a play a couple of weeks ago. And toward the last act, I'm like, I kind of want this to be over because, of course, uh, I don't know, 50 degrees Fahrenheit in Florida is 
is a lot colder than other parts of the country because the humidity makes it cut right through you. So it's like getting uh, out of a shower where it's that kind of cold, you know, and you get real wet and it is like, ah, uh, you know, so anyway. It is what it is. You're still in a decent place. So, um, oh, yeah. What, what's, I mean, do, do you have a grand plan for this film now? I mean, you must, I guess you have, but, uh, or what is it that you're looking at doing at the moment? Yeah. Uh, the festival circuit, mine's going to be over uh, around. It went longer than I realized. I'm like, I can't believe I signed up for a festival that doesn't take place until September because I was really wanting to get this uh, distributed in the summer, like at least get it on Prime or something. Uh, I'm not sure how to do any of that. I'll figure it out. Uh, but yeah, I would like to get it at least on Prime, get it out there. I don't want to just put it on YouTube. I did that with all my other stuff and everything just kind of goes there to die. You know, it, I don't know. I'd like yeah, to... I'm not- of YouTube, I, I just think. I mean, we. I was involved in a in building another website, nothing to do with this. Um, and um, the guy that was we were talking about it, and he was saying, you know, about putting the the video up there. And I said, we can't. We're not using YouTube because the trouble with YouTube's just it doesn't look great. So we found another site that we're using, and it's much looks much more professional. And of course, you don't have the ad breaks coming in either. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, it's one called uh, Muse. It's a, it's a really cool site. Muse, um, M-U-S-E? M-U-S-E. And I think it's only £5 or $5 a month. You get up to 500 gigabytes. Um, ah. It's a lot better than YouTube, yeah. And I, we don't use Vimeo either. That's too full of holes. It's not secure at all. Um, the, the truth is, if you someone wants to give me a Vimeo link, um, even without a download button embedded, it seems I've got the link. I can just download it. I've, we've got software. It's so easy to do. And I don't think many people are aware of this. So, yeah, I'm not a fan. It's the same with YouTube. It's so easy to download from there. We found Muse pretty pretty um, robust. Plus, if you're going through another website, it really helps. You know, if you've got a website, you can run it through. It's, it's really good. Does it have any kind of ad-supported stuff where you could get revenue for your film, or is it just for private I, sharing? I don't think so. I think it's more for storage. Uh, okay yeah it's more of a storage so you'd have to drive people to it which suits us but may not suit you but you know for us it it works really really well yeah i was kind of hoping for uh those kind of connections uh, for all these film festivals and i think all the ones i've been selected in i think only one of it went on physically in denver and i went there and they showed it on this giant big LED screen on the outside of the convention center with the big speaker system. It looked and sounded wonderful, but it's, you know, nobody showed up. The whole city was basically shut down, but yeah. we did get to do it and, and watch it. And, and uh, it's just, you know, this all ends up kind of disappointing, but you know, things could be worse, right? Yeah, absolutely. That could be worse. Tim, thank you very much for your time. I uh, really appreciate it. And I know cause you're a really busy guy. Um, so thank you for that. And uh, the best of luck with your film, the best luck of luck with your animation career, because it sounds like things are moving in a really positive direction. So, oh, thanks. I want to do another film, and you know, probably take a year off or so, and then get started. Let, let my uh, mind rejuvenate a little bit. But yeah, thank you for the interview and and for selecting the film. And uh, I wish you the best of luck with your festival as well. And the same to you, Tim. Take care and um, the best of luck. Mm-hmm.